0: Next, the golden days of radio. Hi, this is Frank Brzee, welcoming you to the Golden Days of Radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Vic and Sade, comedian Fred Allen, and the complete cast of It Pays to be Ignorant. During the golden days of radio, one 15 minute serialized program commanded more listeners than all the rest. The show originated in Chicago and was entitled Vic and Sade. Here's an excerpt with Sade and her son, Rush.
1: Pretty nice sitting here in the porch swing, huh? Lovely day, all right.
2: Ain't you glad I called you out?
1: <laughs> Never was so happy in my life.
2: Thought you'd pass a sarcastic remark, huh?
1: Yeah. Well,
2: it's okay. I like to see a streak of fun in an individual's makeup.
1: The way I look at it,
2: an American citizen ought to own. Huh?
1: Miss Simmons turning off on Kelsey. Uh Uh-huh. She's got her little girl. Oh, I was telling you about
2: Eugene Partlow and how he won't give you a chance in the conversation. The other day, I got talking with him up in Tapman's vacant lot, and he whipped out a story concerning a big fish as caught by his uncle Verniel. When he got through and I said, that's fine, I started to tell about a big fish. But do you think he'd let me? No, sir. He plowed right ahead with a story about another big fish is caught by his uncle, Hook.
1: Oh, that's Miss Apparatua T. And if a person does get a word in edgeway, she don't listen.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You can tell by the expression on her face she's just waiting for you to get through so she can go ahead again. Uh-huh. Guess I don't really need this sweater at that.
2: Shall I help you slip it off?
1: No, I'm gonna leave it on. People shouldn't take chances in August. The air seems balmy, but you can't ever tell. Pick our next-door neighbor there in Dixon, Mr. Slither. He went out one morning to get the newspaper in his undershirt. Come back in the house, give a sneeze, went to bed and stayed there for six weeks. <laughs> Wasn't the least bit funny. They were poor people and he did piecework in a foundry. And I remember that six-spell ate up everything they had in the bank. My mother used to take hot dishes over a lot.
2: No, that sure was quick work. Just give one sneeze on and then went to bed. Yep. Yeah. You sure somebody didn't shoot him in the head with a revolver?
1: Things like that ain't to be joked about, son. There goes Mr. Ruggers. He's
2: got his little rake to rake the leaves with.
1: When are you going to get at our leaves? Oh,
2: Saturday, maybe.
1: Yes, and on Saturday you'll come around with monstrous big plans about nine innings of baseball over in Tapman's vacant lot, and the leaves will stay right where they are.
2: I think maybe I can arrange my schedule, so I'll have a few minutes to devote to raking.
1: Take a lot more than a few minutes, Well, we'll see. I'll say we will.
2: Years back, my younger days, I used to get quite a kick out of autumn leaves. I used to enjoy running through them.
1: Oh, Aunt Bess and I used to do that. One day we were running through piles of leaves, and Aunt Bess tripped over a pig that was asleep in one of them. Oh, I didn't finish telling you. Uh, Go ahead. You didn't finish what?
2: Uh, Telling you about rooster and the bacon sandwiches. Uh, But go ahead with your story. Aunt Bess tripped over a pig, huh? Yeah. What happened?
1: Well, that was all. She fell down and was scared, and the pig run away squealing. They tell me pigs will eat people. Yes, I understand they will.
2: Be a very miserable way to die, wouldn't it? Yeah. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Newspaper state Mr. Ray Johnson of this city passed away yesterday as a result of being... Oh, by a Raj, pig.
1: for goodness sake. <laughs> well, yeah. Ain't that the little Rogers girl across the street? It's one of them. She's got her tam a on. Uh-huh. Certainly a swell day, ain't it, boy? Yeah, and by tonight there might be a thunderstorm come up. I doubt it. Well, you can't ever tell about August weather that way. Why, one time there in Dixon, it come up a hailstorm so big that the whole town was covered with hail a foot deep. I remember... Oh, from... I never told you. Huh?
2: I still haven't told you about Rooster Davis and the bacon sandwiches.
1: Well, tell
2: it. Uh, go ahead with what you were telling.
1: Well, that's all there was to it. One time in Dixon, during what looked like a calm summer day, it come up a hailstorm to where the ground was covered a foot deep.
2: Very remarkable.
1: What about Brewster and the sandwiches? He's
2: going to start a restaurant. Uh-huh. In this restaurant, he's going to sell nothing but bacon sandwiches.
1: Hmm.
2: Going to deal in bacon sandwiches exclusively. Hmm. Restaurant's going to be right downtown. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Corner of Maine and Jefferson Street.
1: Oh, there you go again. How do you mean? Well, instead of telling a thing and finishing it, you just... Say one sentence at a time and make a person answer.
2: Oh.
1: What about Rooster and his bacon sandwiches? Well, he's gonna have a live pig out in back of the restaurant, see? Uh-huh.
2: And whenever a customer comes in and orders a bacon sandwich, Rooster steps outdoors with a knife and cuts off a piece of bacon.
1: Cuts it off the pig?
2: Sure. All bacon comes from pigs.
1: Well, I know that foolish. What's the point? The point is that the pig's alive. Well? The
2: pig is given ether and chloroform so it won't hurt. a chunk of bacon is removed. A trained nurse steps forward and nurses the pig back to health and strength. He eats his dinner and gets fat, making more bacon. Another customer wants a sandwich, so Rooster again puts his pig to sleep with ether and chloroform and again cuts oh. off a you. Sure. See, all you need is one pig. He don't lead a very gay life of it, what with being stabbed every little Ish. while. Ish. Huh? Ish.
1: <laughs> okay. Here comes Mr. Foster on his bicycle.
2: Uh-huh.
1: He's got his dinner bucket tied to his handlebars. Yeah. Well, I'm going in the house. Oh, why,
2: ma'am?
1: got things to do. Well,
2: it's been a pleasant chat.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now here's one of my favorites from their program of October 4th, 1943. Here's Tom Howard, George Shelton, Lulu McConnell, and Harry McNaughton with It Pays to be Ignorant.
3: The next question, folks, is a musical question. It was sent in by a Mr. Minnick of New York City, The corn cobblers will play a chorus of a very popular song. Mr. Minnick wants you to tell him the days in the week that are mentioned in this song. To help you with the the question, I will sing the song. You're going to sing? play, Corn Cobblers. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Howard, but we ain't got no music. Oh, well, that's all right. Just pretend you got the music. That'll satisfy me. Just pretend you sang it. That'll satisfy everybody. All right. <laughs> will, you give, <laughs> will you give me a, cor, uh, a cord Corn Cobbers? Give him a rope. Okay. <laughs> Won't you tell me when uh, we will meet again? A Sunday, Monday, always if you're satisfied I say, that's a very pretty I'll song, isn't it? I wonder time. how it would sound if someone was singing That <laughs> reminds <laughs> me, I've got to have my valves ground this week <laughs> You know, he has a lot of, he has a lot of timber in his voice, doesn't he? My heart Sounds like splinters really in his throat, <laughs> <laughs> too Is he imitating Andy Devine? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if he Mm. is, there's nothing divine about it. Monday and always. (laughs) Mr. How'd you dropped your teeth. (laughs) You want to say, is that what it was? (laughs) Never mind. Now, what two days in a week did I mention in that song? What song? What? What song? The song I just finished singing. Oh, was that singing? Well, what did it sound like? Oh, it sounded like... Hoopy Cobb set to music. Hopping. Now, oh. <laughs> please, what days were mentioned in the song, Sunday, Monday, or Always? Always? I never knew there was a day called Always. <laughs> Silly. Mr. McNaughton always is not a day in the week. What is it, a holiday? No, no, no. <laughs> it's not a holiday. Maybe it's one of those days that February doesn't have. Oh, yeah. Mr. McNaughton, they say there's a fool born every minute yes. When you were born, your mother must have increased the birth rate I'm trying to find... Listen, haven't any of you ever heard of the song Sunday, Monday, or Always? Oh, I have, Mr. Hart I heard Bing Crosby sing it in Dixie Oh, you were in Dixie? When did you get back? When did you get
4: back?
3: <laughs> huh. Oh, Bing, Bing Crosby's all right Oh, but Frank Sinatra, ah, he's my Dixie Frank Sinatra Oh, <laughs> When I hear him sing, my goose pimples get goose pimples. Yeah. <laughs> Miss McConnell, you're old enough to be Frank Sinatra's grandmother. Well, tell him to come up and see Grandma sometime. <laughs> oh, uh, say, uh, you know, Mr. Howard, uh, I've just written a new song, and I dedicated it to my butcher. Yeah, what's the name of it? I've got plenty of nothing. I got <laughs> of... nice you Nice You're telling me. You know, I heard a nice Irish song today. Oh, let me see now, what was the name of that? An Irish song? Yeah Well, don't you know the name of it? Well, let me see, don't rush me Started with an Irish name, I know that Now, what was that? Well, was it, uh, was it Mike? Mike? Oh, you mean Mike Country, Tisabee? Mike, no. <laughs> no that wasn't it, it was another Irish name Wait, I got it, Kelly oh, There, started with Kelly Started with Kelly? Hmm Well, what was the name of the song? California, Here I Come Kelly. <laughs> In Technicolor Mr. Sheldon, please Why don't you have Your brain recap Won't that hurt it? (laughs) Law Can't I get The resemblance Of an answer From you three cylinder heads? Well maybe if I sang it It'd help Oh yeah You know I'm having My voice cultivated Now you are You should have it Plowed under Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Why I got a voice Like Grace Moore You have? Yeah Well you better Give it back to her You're getting it all Cracked (laughs) Mr. Howard, you shouldn't say that about Miss McConnell's voice. Why, why, she has a tremendous obligato. Yeah? Well, yeah. why don't she buy a new girdle, Mr. <laughs> you know, I'm quite a singer myself. I used to sing in Madison Square Garden. Well, wait a minute. What did you ever sing in Madison Square Garden? Peanuts, candy, popcorn, keels, uh-huh. keels. You can't tell a bottle cap without a program. Get your programs right there. Look, Mr. Elliot, please. It looks like we've just come to a dead end again. Suppose we send Mr. Minnick $12.41 for his question. With the best wishes of Peel's beer, Mr. Howard? Oh, yes. Okay, Mr. Wright. With the best wishes of Peel's beer, the day mentioned in the song, the days rather are Sunday, Monday... I say, don't forget always, Mr. Howard. All right, and always. (laughs) And now for the benefit.
0: One of the most renowned radio comedians of all time was Fred Allen. His weekly Sunday evening program had most of the nation tuned in. Here's a sequence from 1945 as Fred Allen goes to a head shrinker to cure his dreams. Doctor, my name is Fred Allen. Ah,
5: come right in. You'll pardon my rubber glove. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, just, uh, psychoanalyzing a patient here. Yes, Doctor? Peculiar case. <laughs> very peculiar. This, uh, man has a goat fixation. A goat fixation? Yes, he goes around butting people, trying to eat tin cans. You just sit down, if you will. I'll finish here with Mr. Bullwinkle. Yes, Doctor. <clears throat> now, Mr. Bullwinkle, you must just keep saying to yourself... I am not a goat. 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 Ah, there you are. Your cure. Thank you, doctors. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. Bullwinkle. Goodbye, doctor.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> you sure can... <laughs> You sure cured Mister Bullwinkle, doctor? Yes, and I'm glad he's gone. He ate the knobs off two doors and a big hole in my ice water cooler. Now, uh, Mister Allen, what is your problem? Well, doctor, I want you just to relax and tell me everything. Yes. Now you look offhand to me like a dementia type, suffering from delusions induced by chronic episodic psychosis. That is uh, frustrated hiccups. Uh. <laughs> no, my hiccups are normal, doctor. But I dream. You dream. Uh, you know, I had a patient once who kept dreaming he was a four-bar rest in a symphony. A four-bar rest? Yes. He just lay there and wouldn't move. <laughs> But, Doctor, when I dreamed... You know, I had another patient who kept dreaming his head was an olive. He was always running around at cocktail parties, sticking his head into other people's martinis. <laughs> but, Doctor... You know, one time he dreamed he was a stuffed olive and woke up with his tongue hanging out. <laughs> well, Doctor, all my life... Ah, life. You know, life today is too complex. Too many slogans. Look at does. Does does everything. No wonder we have unemployment. When does gets through, there's nothing left for anybody to do. <laughs> But, Doctor, I worry. Well, everybody worries. People are worrying themselves today to death. They're afraid they wouldn't live long enough to get their money's worth out of these new lifetime fountain pens. Yes. <laughs> I take these, uh, You take these new fountain pens that write underwater. What? Look at the trouble people have learning to use them. But then, When I saw a man go underwater with one of those pens, he came up twice to ask for help. And then? Well, he must have gotten the hang of the thing. He didn't come up again. <laughs> Well, how, how long has he been underwater with his pen? Three weeks. He's either writing a long letter or he's drowned. <laughs> but, Doctor, I'm overweight. I have a surplus. Yes, everything is surplus. Now, you take the Army surplus. You can buy it at Macy's or Gimbel's. Of course, if you want Navy surplus, go to Roseland. <laughs> Well, look, Doctor, seems you can cure the country's ills, but what about mine? Oh, are you still here? Well, I'll tell you what. You just keep saying to yourself, I am not a goat. I am not a goat. Now, wait a minute, Doctor. (laughs) That was Mr. Bullwinkle. Mine and the man who ate the water cooler. My name is Alan. Oh, yes, yes. Now then, uh... Let's see, your problem again was what? When I go to sleep, I dream that I am a needle. One eye open, so I am always half awake. Ah, preparations of the subconscious, Mr. Allen. Now you're in bad shape. You've got to get away from people. Take a vacation. Go up to Maine. To Lost Lake. Lo- <laughs> Lost Lake is secluded? Secluded? Why, nobody in Maine even knows where it is. <laughs> Is there a hotel there? No, no hotel. It's primitive. You can dig yourself a cave. You live on nuts and berries. You don't take any camping equipment at all. Just your two bare hands. Just me and my two bare hands. And a bottle of (laughs) citronella.
4: Citronella?
5: There are mosquitoes at Lost Lake. Oh, don't worry about that. Citronella takes care of Mr. Mosquito. One whiff and his stinger goes limp. He, uh, he can't hurt me, huh? No, sir, when the mosquito attacks you, his stinger buckles under him. Good. Well, I'm off for Lost Lake, doctor. I'll run out and get the citronella. And I'll go with you. There's a sporting goods store next door. Now, look, doctor. You know, at this time of the year, Fred, sporting goods salesmen try to sell you everything. I'm going to protect you. But all I want is a bottle of citronella. Yes, sir, a bottle of citronella. That's, That's all. all. And let me do the talking. All right, doctor, let's go. <laughs> Say, this is some sporting goods store. Quiet, here comes the salesman. Ah, uh, sport lovers, what can I do for you? Uh, give this gentleman one ten-cent bottle of citronella. And that's all I want, sir, one ten-cent bottle of citronella. Oh, going up to Lost Lake, huh, sir? Uh...
4: <laughs>
5: Lost Lake? Doctor, you said nobody knew. Shh, wait a minute, don't crack, Fred, there's been a leak. Clerk? How do you know about this Lost Lake? One of our customers, Mr. Bemis, a giant of a man, just got back from Lost Lake. How does he look? I don't know. The burial was private. (laughs) What did uh, Mr. Bemis die from? Starvation. Doc, you, you said there were berries and nuts. Well, I'm sorry, Fred. I forgot about the locusts. The locust swarm in every 17 years and clean out everything. This must be the 17th year. If Mr. Venus had taken one of our Jim Dandy fishing rods, he'd still be alive and a charged customer today. That's right, Fred. Lost Lake is full of trout. They bite so fast you have to hide behind a tree to bait the hook i'll tell you fred you'd better take one. that's right fred. he's right you'd better take one of those jim dandy fishing rods. well all right i'll take one clerk with a citronella wrap up a fishing rod. well i'm rod. sorry sir this jim dandy fishing rod is part of a set it comes with trout flies six miles of line a fluid drive reel and self-frying frying pans complete with hip boots only 10.50 all right we'll take a set now wait a minute Doc. Well, you yeah. can't eat locusts fred but what do i need with hip boots oh i see your point there that's right Hip boots are not going to help you with those 20-foot water holes at Lost Lake. 24 feet? Yes, sir. What you need is a boat. A boat, sport lovers. Have you seen our all-purpose cast-iron canoe? The Sluice Queen, complete with corduroy paddle, 39.75. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. How can I paddle a cast-iron canoe with a corduroy paddle? You're right. Yes, sir. You're right, Fred, about that. Those canoe paddles give your hands blisters. Why, a friend of mine paddled a canoe. When he got back, he had blisters so big, his hands looked like a couple of water wings hanging out of his sleeves. What you want, Fred, is an outboard motor. One outboard motor coming up. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, clerk. Now, look, doctor. You said all I needed to go to Lost Lake was 10 cents worth of citronella. Yeah, but you're all set now, Fred. We'll get you a little piece of rope to tie up your canoe. Rope? That's our camping department. Miss Antwistle?
6: Come on. you gents is looking for a tent. What tent?
5: I'm sleeping in a cave.
6: That I can see, but what about your canoe here? (laughs) Listen, wait a minute. Wait a minute.
5: Listen, miss. All my friend here wants... You leave
6: an iron canoe outside. It'll get wet and rust.
5: Wait, that is bad, Fred. Yes, Uh sir. Paddling a rusty canoe around Lost Lake, you'll pollute the water. The fish will die. You've got to get something to cover the
6: canoe. How about a Hiawatha waterproof canoe tent? No, no. We'll take it. You can't buy the tent alone. Why not? Well, it's part of the Park Avenue Deluxe Collapsible Rubber Campers apartment. It it comes with two rubber master bedrooms, a duplex kitchenette, a sunken rumpus room, and a rubber quonset hut for the maid. Now, look.
5: (laughs) What do I need with six collapsible rubber rooms? Wait a minute. My friend's right, Miss. It'll take him all summer to blow him up. Not only that, he'll come back winded. He'll come back winded. He'll have athlete's lift.
6: But you can blow the whole thing up in 30 seconds. How? This 200-horsepower diesel pump goes with it. <laughs> the complete item is $300.
5: A diesel pump? Now look, Doctor. Fred, your troubles are over. Have a happy vacation and send me a postcard from Maine.
6: Oh, you going to Maine, gentlemen? We got an advisor on Maine. Mr. Bellweather! Come in,
5: Well? Well, sport lovers, what part of Maine are you going to? Uh, my friend here is going to Lost Lake. Lost Lake. He's got to have absolute quiet. Oh, that's too bad. Too bad? Why? It's too quiet at Lost Lake. People go crazy. Yes, sir. <laughs> I remember now. I've heard that, Fred. It's so quiet. You can hear a worm turning over in a rotten apple two miles away. Yes. If you want to keep from going mad at Lost Lake, you'd better bring your own noise. What noise?
3: Well, you can take this horn.
5: Ah, that's just what you need, Fred. What is this horn, mister?
3: It's a moose call.
5: There's only one catch. One catch? There are no moose at Lost Lake. Well, with no moose, what good is a horn? For $10 a day, we can rent you a nice brindle moose you can take along. <laughs> He's, uh, pardon me, tent broken. <laughs> well, well, that makes everything perfect, Fred. If you're getting a moose call, you might as well have a moose to go with it. Well, how do I get to Lost Lake? Follow this moose? There's only one way to get there. Uh, Chief Flying Deer. Ugh. Oh, who is this? Austin Wells? Oh. Flying Deer is your Indian guide. Ugh, salary $40, union scale. Now, look, wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, you'll need a guide, Fred. It's easy to get lost in Maine. Why, that's what split up Rand and McNally. Rand went to Lost Lake, and McNally couldn't find him. Fred, you're all set. Now, wait, Doc. I came in here to get a 10-cent bottle of citronella. Now I own a fishing set, a cast-iron canoe, an outboard motor, a collapsible rubber village, a diesel pump, a moose, and an Indian guide. Where can I carry all this stuff? That's no problem. Mr. Honey Lips.
6: Mr.
5: Honeywood. Yes, Mr. Bellwether. <laughs> all sports lovers. Lucky, lucky you. Lucky me what? I have the only thing that will hold all of your equipment. An LST landing bar. A landing bar? <laughs> Government surplus, it's going at half price, $5,000. $5,000? It's the only one left. Well, who can run a landing bar? You don't have to. It comes with a crew of eight Marines. (laughs) What can I do with eight guys? Well, with you there, there'll be nine. You can start a baseball team. You can be the captain. A baseball team, you need suits. Miss Crowley! Miss Crowley, a Joe DiMaggio baseball outfit. A uh, Joe DiMaggio baseball outfit? Now, look, Fred, okay. wait a minute. You can't have eight guys hanging around Lost Lake doing nothing.
6: Here's the baseball outfit, Mr. Honeyless. Good.
5: Slip on this chest protector for some. Now, wait a minute. Take that thing off my head. That mask, what are you doing here? What are you there tying to my leg? There you are.
6: You're a
5: baseball player. Yes, sir. He's right, Fred. With that chest protector, those shin guards, that mask, catches Smith why, you look like Bill Dickens. Uh, Perdóneme, amigos. Encontré el señor Hernández.
4: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ajá! <laughs>
5: I'm Dr. Rockwell. Doc, who is this guy with the sideburns and the sombrero? Wait a minute, I'll find out. Señor. Vuestra todos, mes bolos, Ah, muchacho, ustad la ok. Doc, okay. doc, doc, what is he saying? Fred, you're all set. Good, when do I start for Maine? Maine? You're not going to Maine. Doc, don't tell me this guy Hernandez. Yes, sir, he saw you in your baseball outfit. You mean? Yes, sir, tomorrow you start playing with the Mexican League. Adios. Adios
0: Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next week for more shows and personalities from radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.